Welcome, Stetson, to my shit show of trying to figure out how to podcast on your own. It's fun. (laughs) But thank you very much for coming in to chat with me because I feel like what I talk about would be something that's pretty much everything you always put out, whether it's social media or just like how you always go throughout your day. So you were someone whose brain I really wanted to pick. So thank you very much for joining me. Um, Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mostly what I wanted to talk with you about is, uh, so living a healthy lifestyle, I feel like you have a very good handle on living very healthy, but also having a balance. You know, people here like living a healthy lifestyle, and I think they believe it's boring. Like all you do is work out and you never drink and you never have any fun. Like there's just nothing to it. And I completely think the opposite. I think it's actually the best way to live and it's the best way to boost your confidence, your mindset, and just actually live your life a bit more fully. So I was hoping that you could give me a little insight into, first off, you are a very confident, tell it like it is guy in the first place. Uh, What is your health Mm. and mindset journey look like getting to that point? Uh, I mean, it was a lot of work, you know, it's, it's not, you know, nobody's born confident or born, you know, a certain way. Like some people have natural predispositions, you know, natural talents, but you still got to work to cultivate those things. Uh, I was uh, growing up, I was like really shy, introverted person. I'm still pretty introverted. Uh, I mean, I've learned to be social and be extroverted and all that. Yeah. But, you know, left to my own devices, I'm pretty, pretty quiet. But I think for me, um, you know, I can't speak for other people, but my uh, journey, I grew up in sports and, uh, you know, learning to be able to handle adversity and failure and not be good at something for a long time really instilled like, hey, there, if you work at something long enough and hard enough, you're eventually going to get good at it. And once you start getting good at it, your confidence is earned. You did the work to earn the right to be confident. Yeah. Now, there's a difference between being cocky or arrogant and being confident, but any high level person has a little bit of cockiness about them. Like, yeah, well, Michael Jordan. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not comparing myself to that, but like, look great to the world. You know, there's, there's an ego there. There's a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Uh, I think in sports, you no, kind of ahead, had to have that too, because you had to tell yourself, you had to pump yourself up and be like, I'm going to win this game. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to do the best. Like, you have to get that mindset for oh, yeah. you as well. Yeah. It's, uh, I didn't really start really diving into like the mental part of it till I was probably a sophomore in college. I was doing pretty well, like pitching in college and all that. So I was like, okay, how do I, how do I take this to the next level? So I was like, what's something I haven't really actively pursued. And that was like the mental side of my, like my self-talk, you know, affirmations. Mm -hmm. What am I constantly thinking about? You know, am I dwelling on things, ruminating? Am I letting am I letting bad, you know, small things ruin my day versus just being like taking my little five seconds and then moving on? For years, that was like frowned upon too. I feel like in our age group, it was so just like, like, oh, you're like working on your mind and you're going to therapy. Like you're a crazy person and you're weird and like, why is this dude always reading the book? Like it was there was so much for me right. when I was growing up. No, I never really had that uh issue and i don't know maybe it's different for females but i i never 
really nobody was like oh you're a nerd like (laughs) i was also oddly tall from like six years old so i was the easy one that everyone went to go pick at first so it might just be because i was tall yeah that's that's smart let's pick on the biggest person in the room. yeah it it bit them in the ass very quickly but you know i'm sure i'm sure yeah but but yeah i mean like like i said it's been a journey um you know i think for me having a sports background and you know playing collegiately and professionally for a little while like i just really cultivated not only my body physically but um you know those habits working out taking care of your body mm-hmm. you know you're i say you know everybody's like oh you know your body's built in the kitchen not the gym and i'm yeah. like there's a whole other side to it it all starts in here before it manifests outside yeah so if your mind's not right you might be able to get so far for a little bit but you're not going to sustain it because you're going to fall back into negative self-talk yeah doubting yourself caring about the opinions of others who have no say so in your life and you know all the things that most people struggle with yeah it was by uh, someone even asked me they're like when you lo- like when you were gaining weight because I had a point where I was struggling to lose weight and they're like what was the reason for it like I think they expected the answer to be Oreos and I was like stress <coughs> and someone's like stress doesn't make you fat oh, yeah. like but it does <laughs> yeah I mean people show stress in different ways some people drink some people sleep some people mm-hmm tons of coffee or you know they or they eat you know stress eating it's Mm -hmm. a thing it's definitely real yeah i think i freaked my body out it was like stressed out much yeah yeah i'm like my stress i would freak my body out and then it'd be like so do i need to keep all the food you're giving me like are you gonna starve me am i gonna are you gonna die next week like what because your body doesn't know like what you're feeling it just knows it wants to live that's at the end of the day (laughs) right absolutely um, so kind of speaking on that too, you have gone through the 75 hard program and now you're on the mm-hmm. live 75 hard, right? Pretty much live 75 uh, yeah. hard. Yeah. I, uh, it's been, it's been a journey. I've done 75 hard, the, just the first part, you know, there's like 75 hard and then there's the live hard, which yeah. has three other phases and it's a whole year long program. Yeah for anyone that's not familiar, but I've done 75 hard. I've attempted it like five or six times and I've done it like two or three. Yeah. I've attempted it multiple times. I'm like 50. Yeah. It's tough. uh, But I think it like, it's definitely made my mind uh, a lot more callous and just not, I wouldn't say completely immune, but pretty immune to any type of adversity. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that doesn't mean I don't have feelings and I don't, you know, have emotions, but I can, it's that program has taught me that no matter how you feel, you still got to produce every day. doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It's what you do today. Did you get a win today? And that whole program, I mean, it's been this year for me, it's been a little tough just because I had a pretty nasty ankle break back in May, right after I finished phase two. Yeah. So I remember seeing I was, that actually. Yeah. The, yeah, oh yeah, I was in like really, you know, I did like months and months and months and months and months of dieting, no drinking, like hardcore working out, mm-hmm. and I was like in best shape I, I've i been in in a long time, you know, I was feeling really confident and just like, yeah, okay, like, yeah. this stuff works, like, and then, you know, you get hit with a curveball, 
breaking ankle, just like literally slipped on some stairs. I wasn't even working uh, out. I wasn't even doing any anything crazy. Like just normal, just walking down some stairs, slipped uh, and popped my ankle. That's the biggest that was, hit to that the was ego. Really, oh yeah, it was because I'd never broken a bone like that. Like I mean, I had like rolled my ankle, like but never had like a serious injury. Yeah. And so that was it. Was it was like good? It was a good thing for me because it let me know, okay. You're getting older. <laughs> Just turned 30. The sad reminders so we get. Invincible. Yeah. Yeah. You're not invincible. Um, things happen. And, you know, it's the, the old cliche. It's like, it's not what happens to you. It's how you respond. Mm -hmm. And I got a real, real good test to put everything I had worked on with 75 hard and use it yeah. during that time. It, it was definitely an adjustment because I couldn't do anything really that's like that the worst part too like your ankle and your feet and is I like we to, don't realize how much yeah. we need those things yeah i couldn't walk on it for a couple months yeah like, i had the cast on for like eight to ten weeks and then i was in a boot and i still they were talking about me having to do surgery and oh my gosh when i heard that i was like nah let's try <laughs> rehab first then, i always want to jump you know, to surgery went, exactly and then i was like no, let's try rehab. So I went the first like couple sessions, you know, I was like, okay, like I can do this at home. Literally. <laughs> I was like, all I'm doing anyway, I wasn't working at the time. Cause I couldn't like, I, you know, I was bartending doing construction work. So it's yeah. all on your feet. Couldn't do any of that. So I was like, just sitting around basically. And I was like, well, I can go to the gym yeah, and I can take my boot off and I can literally make myself walk on it as excruciating as it was, yeah. it was healed. The bone was healed, but all my ligaments and stuff were not. Yeah. And they were just super stiff. I had no range of motion. So I literally just sat there for weeks and weeks and just did all kinds of ankle mobility stuff, calf raises as much as I could. Still trying to work out, but it, it was hard too, just because I had done all that work earlier in the year. Yeah. And it, I was like, at that point, when I was starting rehab, I was just like withered away. I mean, I still had some decent muscle mass. And in another person's perspective, they're like, oh, you're not out of shape. In my mind, though, I was like, dude, I just lost like, so you have much no idea. progress. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even now, it's like people are like, oh, you work out? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm not where I want to be, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. But it's it's been a mental struggle with my own self. But it taught me a lot about myself that I'm glad that I was in such good shape and had done that because if I, you know, I couldn't imagine being overweight or, you know, I don't know how people would, they, they, the recovery time on that's got to be way yeah. longer. So I was happy that I had a really good foundation to bounce back quickly mm -hmm. and then just keep it moving. And now I'm in a place where I can, you know, pick up and finish yeah. it out strong. And it's been a, been a, been a year for sure crazy mm -hmm. you know i did all that work over the winter i think yeah what happened back in may so i was like oh yeah you're looking good for summer and all that and then it just i couldn't do anything nothing yeah i got <laughs> i got taken complete... out by a toe so i feel your pain Ooh. one single a, toe a... dude i had no idea how much like again like which with your toe, ankle those which toe was it? my middle toe so i was <laughs> I was so screwed. I couldn't, I tried walking like sideways each way. It wasn't going to work. And like to make matters worse, the way it happened was my friend's chihuahua. I swear to God, 
She has a nice side, but her name's Lucy, and I think it's short for Lucifer. She is the devil. She literally bit my toe in my sleep. Like, I couldn't go to the workout for anything because a chihuahua bit, bit my toe. She tore my tendon. She, she like broke it? It was to the oh, point the where, okay. like, you could move my toe forward and backward completely. And the doctor was like, that's fully torn. Do you want to splint? Like, So it's like... Know. So you could, like, move your toe, like, all the way back and all the way back. Oh, that's bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. That's gross. Uh, You're like, look at what I can do. <laughs> and then on top, like, I also, I liked, there's certain things I like to do to take care of myself that just make me feel better about myself. So, like, this is going to make right. me sound like the prissiest girl, but I love having my nails done. I feel like I can conquer the fucking world when I have my nails done. And my toes, too. I couldn't paint my toenails for months. I couldn't work out. So I was like... Oh my God, green juice, everything. Like I had to redo everything and couldn't have my toenails painted. I just was yeah. out here raw dogging it with toenails. It was not, it was not a fucking pretty time for me. <laughs> hey, welcome to being a guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't have the hormones and all the stress. No, make, no, that is true. That is very true. <laughs> Pros and cons, right? Yeah, you trade. You trade. So we've walked in each other's shoes. I don't like it. <laughs> um, no doubt. So a big thing, too, is that I was wondering where you kind of draw a lot of your inspiration from. Because I think where I first found you was, like, you started popping up as, like, all the behavior hack stuff that you would post. And I was like, damn, I agree with that mm -hmm. so much. Just, like, the mindset of it and everything. Oh, yeah. So do you... Do you actively go out and try and find things that are going to inspire you for the day, or are you pretty good on taking care of your own mindset? Um, yeah, I mean, that stuff definitely helps. It's it's not like uh, – it's just a good – I don't know. I use, like, my Instagram stories as kind of like almost a journal experience. It's mm -hmm. like if I think something's funny or if I agree with, you know, like Behavior Hack or, like, Ed Milet or Andy Frisella, like something they post, I'm like, oh, yeah, that – I reflect on it and I share it. I'm just like, yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. Yeah. So it definitely it's it's more of like a a reminder more than anything, just to like keep myself uh, grounded and balanced and not get in my own head about like the normal stuff, like being scared to do something or having doubts. You know, just just keeps me like, okay, you 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 know, you're at a certain point, you want to go higher you got to keep the same mindset. You got to keep doing this, the little stuff that yeah. got you to where you are, but will also get you where you want to go. I feel like you're really you know, someone that, who has your blinders on too. Like you're very good at not letting all the outside sources take down like what goals you have. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely struggled with, with that. Just like anybody, especially with what other people think, you know, as far as what I'm doing, chasing music and current job and just, you know, kind of where I'm at, you know, some people think I should be doing other things, you know, and I disagree and I'm, I'm hard headed in that sense. Like, yeah. but I've learned it's like, not everybody's going to understand your journey, why you do what you do. You can explain it to your blue in the face, but until you, until you get the result that you're looking for and really get that big win, you yeah. know, nobody I've learned like, a lot of people won't understand or get it yeah. until it happens. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, I believed in you all along. Like, Yeah, so okay. It, <laughs> you know, so it's like a lot of that stuff is to remind me, like, hey, just, like, 
don't worry about what so-and-so said or mom or dad, whoever, you know, strangers, I don't really care. Like they can tell me I suck or I don't, it doesn't mean, but you know, you hear some from someone close to you, you know, it's like, all right, that's true. No, you know, or is there a little truth in it? Maybe, but it's, it stings a little bit more when it's someone closer to you. So yeah, I've learned. I don't take advice from people that haven't accomplished what I'm doing Yeah, and going after. It's like, you're not going to go to a financial advisor and they could say, Hey, I can make you a million dollars. And they've never made a million dollars. Like it just doesn't make sense. I used to work for a financial advisor. So I'll tell you they're full of shit. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I use that, uh, like mindset with whoever's, warranted or unwarranted giving me their opinion about what I'm doing yeah um you know I go I consider the source basically I'm like okay is this person should I hear them out and I just learned to like filter the good things okay maybe there is some truth to what they're saying that part you know that part's true that part's not true and then just taking what back and using it and you know even the the part that stings you know you're just like, dang, you really think that negatively about me or, or what I'm doing and taking that and using it as like fuel and motivation to move forward and stay positive. Yeah. You just kind of answered my next question. Didn't even let me shower you with all the goodies I had for it. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was going to say. Yeah, cause... you can totally, you can totally uh, interrupt <laughs> me because I'll get on like hands and stuff. So I just get you rolling. <laughs> Well, because no, yeah. I, I had found a quote that was like, uh, I think it was from your coach. What was it? Uh, I'm going to probably butcher this. Randy Stegel. Is that right? Stegel. Close. Stegel. Damn it. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was coach. Stegel. Like part of me wants to say oh, Stegel, sorry. but if I say Stegel, maybe I'll get it right. Nope. <laughs> that was my luck. No, it's all right. But yeah, there was a coach from, a quote from your coach, Randy Stegel. Uh, saying very few players that walk through our doors impact the program the way that Stetson did and even fewer impact the program and the school the way Stetson did. When you think of greatness in the sport of baseball, the first thing that comes to mind is the ability for one player to lift all his teammates up in a game. They need to win and carry them to victory. I think that that honestly, like that description is something that even though we didn't know each other very well, is like, that's definitely Stetson. You are very like uplifting to everyone. You just have a lot of like boosting power to other people. You don't really want to go tearing people down, but I think that comes with a lot of confidence. And like you were saying, not letting people bulldoze like what you want to have in life and not taking out or getting rid of the naysayers, basically. Just like not listening to someone not in the arena. So I was trying to figure, you know, where right. that really came from, if that was kind of instilled in you growing up or some people are just born lucky with um, being fucking nice people. I mean, I can definitely be mean. I'm I'm like an open person. <laughs> like I have my emotions and, but I've learned to like filter my, before I open my mouth, like think about what I'm going to say because how other people may perceive it, even though I'm like trying to help. They might, so I'm a little bit of, I like grew up with like a tough love environment. You know, it's like, Same. you know, being in sports, you know, my parents were, you know, they were supportive, but they were also like hard on me too. They're, you know, they're like, uh, you know, I would have a great game and be like, uh, you know, I struck out eight batters, walked a guy. They're like, well, you could have struck out 10 and not walked anyone, you know, like, and I used to get so mad about that. And I was just like, what? I just won. We just won. What do you mean? But I have now that I'm older, I understand like the mentality and 
why they did that is because it's like you can always get better is, is basically what it is yeah and you know i didn't necessarily like the delivery but it was still true so i think you know my parents played a role in that a lot of my coaches did myself as well just your family your parents your coaches are going to be hard on you but like nobody was harder on myself Mm-hmm. I knew where I can get better. I knew what I could have done better. And I also learned like not to let my performance like define me as a person. Yeah. It's like, okay, you had a bad game. You're not a bad person. You're not a you're not a failure. It's like you did the best you could. Yeah. All right, what could you do better? Let's prepare better, work harder, do better next time. And yeah. so I used to get like really upset with myself and like dwell on it to where it would have spill over into my next game or whatever I was doing and it would have negatively affect me. And so I had to like learn over the years, like, dude, quit being so hard on yourself. Like yeah. you're not going to win all the time. Yeah. That's, that was one hard thing that I realized is like with everything, when you beat yourself up and like every single game has a winner and a loser, like can't all be the winners yeah. at some point. And it's going to exactly. suck if you're not the winner, obviously, but like you're going to learn from it and keep going forward. Exactly. Yeah, I, I had to change my perspective. Like, I think there's a quote from, like, Michael Jordan that's, like, really good. It's something some along the lines of, it's like, I never really lose. I just run out of time. It's like, I'll beat you. It's like, just the game ended yeah. on the clock. Like, if we would have kept playing and playing and playing, I would have beat you. Yeah, like, it's like, yeah. I try to take it like that. It's like, okay, you beat me in this small window of time. Or, you know, I lost in this small window of time. But in the long run, you know, it's like you lose the battle, but you win the war. Yeah. So I try to keep it like macro, like, yeah, okay, this was a little, little blip, you know, not how I wanted it to go, but you know, still got all the days after. Well, yeah. To get I think, better and, I think and everything has a teaching situation to it as well, depending on how you look at it. Like, I mean, even like with you and me trying to get things set up, like, because a girlfriend mm-hmm. of mine, so she uh, she was like, oh, you have someone coming in and they're going to talk to you. And then they didn't come in. And then they didn't come in. Like, she was getting mad for me. And like, I don't know why you're getting mad. I'm not even mad. Because at this point, I'm having a chance to remind myself, like, no one owes you anything. You owe yourself something. And at the end of the day, like, if you rely on someone to do something other than yourself, you weren't going to be able to do it in anyways. So it's a good, like, right. reminder for me to, like, keep my head on straight, too. No doubt. I mean, it's always, it's good to have help, but also it's like, you know, nobody's going to do it for you and nobody's going to come save you. Yeah. You got to figure it out. <laughs> and, and that's, it's also like a, a relieving thing too. It's like when you're, I mean, I'm sure with you, with your podcast, you've figured a lot of things out. It's yeah. Like, you just watch me figure something that, out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, nobody really knows what they're doing. They're just figuring it out as they go. Like. I cannot tell so you how many things have like, a Google, like, how do I do this with Google and learn it and figure it out? But YouTube. that's, yeah, YouTube so much. But I also, again, when I, if I wanted to get frustrated about it at first, I was like, this is so annoying. I always have to like Google it. When am I going to just know? But it's nice that I'm learning it because if I get to a point where I can hire someone, I like that I know what their value is to my company because I was doing it. And I know what right. what I like can appreciate for you, what you should or shouldn't be doing. And if someone's not there the next day, they want to quit. It's like, I still can do it because I don't have to rely on others. It's just exactly. nice to have others there with you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's good to have people on board that get it. And, but, you know, you don't necessarily need them. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's good though. You're trying different things, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. I mean, yeah. Trial and error, you know. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of trial and error in figuring things out. <laughs> One of my favorite things I like asking people is, uh, can you think of something that would be a blessed failure in your life that you were able to learn from? Blessed failure. Hmm. So many. Uh, yeah. Uh, when I was in college, um, it's my freshman year. Uh, I signed to play, you know, for a small Division One school, which was great. You know, that was a cool like milestones. Like, oh yeah, I made it Division One level as a yeah. as a you know a baseball player. It's like really hard to do. Like, if you look at the percentages of people that get to that point, it's like really small. So I was like, cool. At least I got my foot in the door. And it was kind of a weird story. Like the old coach recruited me to go play there. And then a new coach came on and he still like wanted me to go there, mm -hmm. but he didn't really have much stock in me. If that makes sense. He wasn't super interested. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of had like to prove myself and, uh, you know, I pitched like, I don't know, 15 to 20 innings my freshman year, just out of the bullpen, just didn't really like the school didn't gel really well with the coach, the head coach, which, you know, that happens. And so, you know, I went to play summer ball and I decided, you know, I didn't want to go back to school there mm -hmm. and I was going to transfer and, you know, called him and told him. And, you know, he was all this, all of a sudden he had all this scholarship money to give me, and, <laughs> you know, when he could have given it to me from the very beginning. And you know, I thought I earned it and, he thought otherwise, even though he was still offering it to me, but it, it just rubbed me wrong. And I was like, ah, oh, no, I'll, I'll thank you, but I'm, you know, I'm going to go elsewhere and, mm -hmm. and, you know, be of value somewhere else where I feel valued because I didn't feel valued there. Yeah. And, um, I was like 18 at the time, you know, I was, that was definitely hard because I felt like I was like doing something wrong and, um, you know, a lot of people were in my ear, like, oh, go to this school, go to that school, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Long story short, I ended up going to Emory Riddle. It was a NAI school at the time. So going from like division one to NAI, I was like, what the heck am I doing? Like, yeah, you know, NAI had this, has, I don't know if it still does, but when I was, you know, getting recruited, NAI was had this like stigma, like, oh, you don't want to go play NAI baseball, like that. No, nah, you got to go D one or D one or bust. Oh, so yeah. I was like, oh man, I'm I'm just an NAI baseball player. And then I got there and I realized, like, holy crap, like these guys are good. Like it's a bunch of it's like an island of misfit toys. It's like <laughs> anybody that's really good that didn't work out at like their you know their big colleges or whatever that they first went to. They yeah. all come there to like find a place to play and, and get better. And and that's exactly what happened. It was, it was like a blessing in disguise because I was like freaking out about it. Like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? Like, yeah. And then it ended up working out and I had a great, 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 great college career, had a great college experience and, you know, got into the Hall of Fame. And it's like, if I wouldn't have trusted my gut to like stick it out, I would have, that would have never happened. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw you so, were just inducted cool. into the Hall of Fame, so that's great. Congratulations on that. Yeah, thanks. It was uh, kind of surprising that I, I didn't I, – I knew I would get in at some point just from all my coaches and people had told me, but I didn't think it was going to be, like, that fast. It normally yeah. doesn't go, like, four or five. It's usually, like, you know, a decade later. <laughs> so it was cool to – cool experience. Yeah. Um, 
So kind of talking family and growing up with music as well, because you grew up in a family that had a lot of music present. And I was wondering if you know that's something you had a passion for because of growing up that way or how that really became a big thing you wanted to pursue. My immediate family, like my dad, my mom, my brothers, like none of them have musical bone in their body. Bless them. <laughs> but um, yeah, the way it started was, you know, my uncle, he's Travis Tritt, you know. Uh, so I was like, I grew up around it, but I wasn't around it all the time mm-hmm. just because I was so busy playing baseball. But I was around it enough to where I got like a taste of it and you know, got to like see what it all it entails and got to do, you know, kind of see the behind the scenes and, and really p- kind of pick my uncle's brain and just about his journey and whatnot. So it's like the, how it started was my, uh, you know, I played, I was in like band and stuff in uh, like middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. So I was like a band nerd for sure. Played What'd the you play? Oh, so, wow. I did not expect that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, you know, learning sheet music and, you know, all that stuff, band performances. and So I think that's kind of where it started, kind of started at an early age with that. And then I was like, well, you know, let me me try guitar. And I always had an interest in guitar, but I was, I'm left-handed. Yeah. Oh, So I never had access to a a left-handed guitar. So I would play right-handed guitars upside down, <laughs> left-handed. Does that make sense? Yes. So my dad finally was like, oh, I'm going to get you a guitar. Like, I'll get into your right-handed guitar. I was like, okay. So I taught myself, like, it's super uncomfortable. But I was young enough to where I was able to, like, figure it out. Yeah. You know, right even though I'm left-handed. It's the only thing I do right-handed. Uh, everything else, I'm, like, left-footed throw left-handed, right left-handed, eat left, like everything. So yeah, he got me a guitar when I was what, 11 or 12 and I, I sucked. I was terrible. Like just God awful. Bless our parents like, listening me... to us try and learn like oh, any instrument God. growing yeah. up. <laughs> like they send us home with yeah, those fucking so I... recorders and then we just, we don't get better with a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. I was absolute shit. And you know, my parents, they got me an acoustic guitar and they also got me like a starter, like electric guitar and an amp. Yeah. And they did not give me headphones at first. That changed <laughs> real quick. Because I would, you know, on the weekends when I wasn't, or, you know, after school or whatever, finish my homework, I would just sit in my room and play guitar. Yeah. And I just did that. You know, it was something I just liked to do. And I enjoyed it. And I was like, I'm going to get good at this. I don't care how long it takes. And, you know, eventually I got pretty decent at it to where people would be like actually want to hear me play or yeah. you know at first they were just like oh, yeah good job man like and I'm like hey check this out oh gosh yeah I just spent years and years just being a nerd pulled up in my room dude nerds grow up to do really great shit okay <laughs> yeah yeah so I was definitely like a, a nerd when it came to that kind of stuff um so yeah that's what I did I would do my sports stuff do my homework and yeah. then I would sit there and just play for hours and hours and hours every day yeah you know eventually you know I just was watching YouTube videos and playing songs I liked that I thought I could play eventually like you know yeah stretching myself and I'm still I'm still to this day like learning new stuff every day and getting a little bit a little bit better every day and uh 
like I said, my brothers and stuff like that, they don't, they don't play music or nothing. Like they don't sing, none of that. And, uh, but I have two cousins, you know, my uncle's kids, mm-hmm. they play, you know, they, they're their own artists and acts and they do, they do their own thing. And so it was cool. Now that we're kind of older, we, you know, we all get together and yeah. just have like jam sessions and hang out and, you know, so it's fun. So at least I have them, you know, and my uncle to like bounce ideas off of and uh, vice versa. Yeah. You said so, yeah. you were like an introvert too. Did you ever have a lot of like stage fright? Um, No, it, I think what helped me with that is I just thought of it like oh, I'm, I'm pitching, like I'm going out in front of a bunch of people and I'm pitching in a game. Granted, it's a little different, you know, yeah. you're, you're having to talk to people and sing and perform and entertain people. But I never, not to say I wasn't ever like scared or nervous. I definitely was still, still do. It still makes me nervous and yeah. I get butterfly, all that, but I just enjoy it. And I'm like, Hey, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, you did the work, you practiced, you rehearsed, like you bomb it, you bomb it. I didn't, yeah. Same thing with the, the baseball. It's like had a bad game. You had a bad, you had a bad show. Like it's not the end of the world. Yeah. That's a good way so to think. I should have thought about that too, especially since you were a pitcher. It's like, yeah, it is kind of yeah. like being up there. It's like Bull Durham is still probably my favorite movie till this day. So anytime I think of stage fright, ah, stage fright, the first thing I think of is Tim Robbins standing there and like, you know, the garter that she gives him and like trying to yeah. breathe through his eyelids. I'm like, Right. That's my first thought of stage fright. Why would I not think a pitcher is obviously like, no, I've pitched. I can't, I don't have stage fright. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely like nerve wracking at first, like when I first got to Nashville and started like playing out like acoustic sets and mm-hmm. stuff just because it's like new and I had never really done anything like that. And it's Nashville. It's kind of scary. It's like, yeah. this is like Nashville. Like people come here to listen to music. So yeah. it's, or, you know, you don't want to sound bad or, or perform not good. Well, then, like, so you go part, to Whiskey Jam and you're like, I'm not sure I know that name. And all of a sudden they start singing, like, a Tim McGraw or Brooks and Dunn song. They wrote, like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. I'm a little out of my league. <laughs> yeah. So it's, like, it's cool to, like, be in that environment around people like that as well. Just because it, you get to just soak it in and be like, man, that's – you can – they can do it. I can do it. You know, it's like, and it's cool just hearing other people's stories, like how they got where they're at. And yeah. Get, you get some good advice and sometimes not so good advice, but you know, you learn as you go. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's cool though. It's, it's like Nashville is great in the sense that it, there's so much talent there, but it's also not great because there's so much talent. It's like super saturated. Yes. It's like hard, like everybody's good. So it's cool to like be in the arena like that. Yeah. You know, and it's cool. The community is really good there too. It's everybody's really supportive. I, I yeah. thought it was going to be very like competitive, like coming from baseball. It's like, well, I've heard that's know, what LA and Georgia and like New York are like, that's a lot more competitive. And then Nashville's just like everyone's friends. And if like, if you don't yeah. like someone because someone doesn't like someone else in Nashville, like you're, you're all not going to like each other. Okay. They can't do that. Like it's just a very small knit group of people. For sure. And it's, it's, it's cool. Like everybody's really supportive of one another and it's, it's cool to have people that are going through the same thing, mm-hmm. trying to do the same thing, maybe a little different or what, you know, everybody's got their own little goals, but 
you know, it's cool to be able to kind of go through the hard times with other people Yeah, and lean on each other and understand like, Hey, you're not alone in this, what you're pursuing. Yeah. We're all hungry out here. (laughs) No doubt. I like to eat. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so I was wondering, I'm big on like my routines and I was wondering if you're very similar with, you know, sticking to a routine, if you feel like that makes a really big difference or if there are certain things throughout the day that you just absolutely have to do. I would say when I like first really started getting into the whole 75 hard and it was hard just because I didn't really have a set routine. I would, you know, I would the typical work out three or four times a week, you know, but then I would go and eat cheeseburgers and hot wings and drink beer and go out in Nashville and eat hot dogs. And, you know, I mean, the beer is bad, but hamburger sometimes has more like quality to the meal than like a plain salad. For sure. But yeah, I just, I just didn't have like a, a good, just good habits. So like I learned, I over time built them to where like now it's almost like a switch for me. Like I can flip the switch and when it's time to lock it in, I can like, I can completely like stop eating like crap, drinking beer, alcohol, whatever. And like the next like three, four five, six months, like not touch any junk, like no, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's definitely a journey to get to that point. Yeah. So it's, you know, you got, there's a, there was a lot of times where I was like not drinking, I'd be out. I was not drinking at all. So if you live in Nashville, you know how hard that is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, a lot of water that. with lemons in it to fake it too. Because yeah. then everyone's yeah. like, "Why aren't you drinking? What's wrong?" Like, exactly. I'm so sick of this question. Stop. <laughs> like, yeah, it was that was an interesting hurdle. Some of my friend groups, you know, they didn't. I didn't really tell them like what I was doing and why I was doing it. And finally, like, they just kept pressuring me. And finally, one day, I, I didn't, like, snap on them. But I was like, look, this is what I'm doing. If you're my friend, please quit asking me to drink. Yeah. <laughs> and then they stopped. And, you know, they get it. So it's I've, – I've learned to, like – how I approach it is, like, all right, first half of the year, and then I don't, like, break my ankle or some shit like that. <laughs> I go, like, super hard. Knock like, on wood for you. like – New Year's to like Cinco de Mayo, basically, I'm just locked in. Like, I'm not drinking, I'm not eating any junk, nothing. Yeah. None of that. And then the second, you know, for a couple months, I'll go have fun and hang out with my friends and go out. I'll get to a point where I'm like, okay, that's enough. Like, a little voice in my head's like, okay, getting a little soft, getting a little pudgy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) been drinking too much, been eating too much junk. All right, let's lock it back in. Then I'll, you know, rinse, repeat. Yeah. And so that, that works for me. Some people, maybe that doesn't work for, but for me, that works really well just because it keeps me balanced. Yeah. You know, that, that's where I'm at in my, like my journey with things. So I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. Obviously want to get better and keep moving. But yeah. it's funny too. It's like the a... more that I stopped drinking as much when I, I'll have like one or two when I go out for a specific occasion, like I always mm-hmm. say now is like, I want to have a value to what I'm doing. So like, if I have a reason to go out and have a drink, then yeah, fine. I'm not going to just like swear it off completely, but I'm also right, not right. going to drink for no reason. And right. when I do go out and have too many, I feel so horrible the next day. I don't know if we're oh, getting yeah. old or if it's just no, like, 
definitely age. It's like, I used so to be able to do this at 21. Is this just because I don't oh, yeah. drink that much anymore or what? But like our bodies don't really like alcohol. They're not meant to take them. No. So it's gotten to that point no. where my body's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, I know when to stop. Like, and because I know how I'll feel the next day at a certain number of drinks. I'm like, Mm-mm, that, that's it. <laughs> like, but if I go past it, not to say I never do anymore, I definitely like get, you know, pretty buttered up. Yeah. And I regret it for the next like two or three days. <laughs> it's still weird to me that like going on a diet nowadays, that's really just eating healthy and like taking care of your body the way you should. That's what people consider a diet. Like that shouldn't be a right. diet. That should just be, should be what standard, you do. Yeah. The standard. Yeah. It's like taking, we take care of our animals and we take care of like, some people are plant mamas. I'm not a plant mama whatsoever. But, like, they know how to take care of things. Why is this weird that we do that, where we consider it a diet? I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's I could go on now, like, a rabbit <laughs> hole down that. But, it, yeah, I agree with you on that. It's, like, I think it has a lot to do with just the American lifestyle, you know? It's mm-hmm. just we have way too much access to food. Our portions food. are huge, too, especially yeah, exactly. compared to, like, other countries. We overconsume everything. It's, I think that's just part of it. Also, people just not knowing or wanting to know. It's like, yeah, they're just like, oh, hey, I'm who I am. Like, accept me as I am. It's like, well, I don't want to accept you when you're in your coffin. From no. Shitty lifestyle. It's like, you know, I'd rather see you alive and healthy and killing it versus yeah. miserable and not feeling good and being sick all the time and yeah. not taking care of yourself. Yeah. It's like I'd rather see you the opposite. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that gets misconstrued as being like, you're this negative person who's just like being mean yeah. to someone who's unhealthy. Uh-huh. When it's like, no, I have friends that are, you know, they were at really unhealthy points in their lives. And they're like, well, I have self-love. I'm like, there's a difference between self-love and like, like looking at yourself and being like, I fucking love myself. And looking in the mirror and saying, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself until you believe it. Like... You, if you have to convince yeah. yourself to love what you see instead of just like working to love what you see and then seeing the result and being like, yeah, that's what I wanted. Like there's a difference between that. Oh, yeah. That's back to like the very beginning of our conversation. It's like your confidence is earned. I would even go as far and say your happiness is earned too. Yeah. I, it's, you don't just wake up half like, what did you do today? What did you accomplish today? That What did you pour into that makes you happy? Yeah like that productive, healthy, moving you forward, moving the needle. Like you didn't do those things. It's like, not to say you got to like beat yourself up and hate on yourself, but like, it's like, oh, hey man, today was an L. Yeah. Let's get back at it tomorrow. And, you know, if you do that more times than not, I'd say you'd probably be pretty happy. (laughs) I think also people think that they're supposed to be happy 24 seven. And I think that that's not, it's not a thing. It's not like if you do all this work, you're always going to be happy. You're always going to be the sun shining person, like in the movies that all the light turns on when they walk in the room, like nobody's on a hundred percent of the time. It's just not a thing. That'd be like, that'd be like a bodybuilder thinking they're going to be under 10% body fat all year round. Like it's just not requested. Like there's seasons, there's bulking, there's cutting. It's just like life, like things happen out of your control that affect you emotionally and you're not always going to be happy but it's one but if you have those habits built 
you know, you did the work to build the habits that will get you back to a place of happiness faster. Mm-hmm. And that's where you want to be. It's like, it's not to say you can't ever have setbacks or be unhappy or feel blue. It's just you want to narrow the gap yeah. how long you stay there. And the way you get out of that is those habits, taking care of yourself, not drinking. Like those, those little things like really add up yeah. over the long run of your life. I'm also a firm believer in a solid, like, ugly cry. <laughs> like, if, I, if there gets yeah. support where I'm, like, not happy and I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. this is really getting me down. I, if it's something specific, like, if I can actually pinpoint a reason, like, all right, cry it out. Like, have an ugly ass cry and then you got it out. Yeah. It's, it's, like, scientifically proven crying is, like, a great stress reliever. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, like I didn't a, realize that. It lowers your cortisol levels, like, all kind of – it's, like, actually, like, stress leaving your body so it's like (laughs) actually good to do I had a roommate like back in college walk in on me doing that one time she's like do you need a hug like I'm almost done just I'm almost done and everyone thought I was crazy because I'm just in my room like having a solid cry and then I come downstairs I'm like so what do we want to go like what what do we want to do do we want to go out what do we want to do like shots (laughs) (laughs) literally I mean I went to UCF so Oh, right on. I love UCF. They, they got a lot of parties up in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big party school. Yeah. Well, That's a good thing. I got my party uh, out of me. <laughs> me too. I'm past that. But, yeah, no, I mean, everybody kind of relieves stress different ways. And I think it's finding things that are healthy, mm-hmm. like crying. You know, stigma. it's kind of stigmatized. Like, oh, you're crying. That's weak. Like, no, nah, cry, man. Like, sometimes I cry. Dude, also, it is not a lie. When a woman's crying, run. She might be either, like, having a serious cry or, like, she might nearly stab you. Yeah, it's, like, anger. We're a little aggressive. Yeah, We're, like, we're getting, we're crying because we're angry because someone doesn't get it and we can't make them get it. And then we're crying because we're crying because we're pissed off that we're crying. There's a lot. See see what I mean about trading hormones? You want none of that. (laughs) If I'm crying, it's because I'm either... And like immense physical pain mm-hmm. or like emotional, like someone died or yeah, like I just got my heart broken or something like that. Like I don't just like if I'm having a rough day, like I don't cry. I, I just go work out, do whatever, play guitar, and I'm it's done. It's over. Yeah, and then I'm fine. I actually get my best workouts when I'm like feeling like I just finished a cry or need one, and then everyone's like. Yeah damn, you can lift a lot. Like, I can't really. I'm just really angry right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just in a heightened state of sadness. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how. If I if I were to come in here happy as a clam and try and lift this same thing, it's not going to move an inch. But right now, yeah. I can, like, move mountains. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm right. the same way. When I'm, like, super angry, I can, like, lift a house. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I walk day, it off. I'm like, yeah. When I'm like having a great day, go work out. I'm like, man, I I just did that yesterday. Why can't I do it today? (laughs) Have you ever been to Jenny Springs? No, I haven't. Oh my God. Um, Gosh, I can't even think of how big it is. It's, it probably takes like two hours to walk the entire campgrounds. And I just remember being like, 
super angry one time and someone came into our camp trying to fight my people. That's the thing. If you try and fight my people, like I might kill you. But (laughs) I got so angry. Everyone's like, have a drink. Like I got to walk it off. And I just, I walked all of Ginny in probably half an hour. It's a two hour walk. But like, if I'm angry, I'm serious walking it off. I bet. And and I'm tall. You've seen how tall I am. Those long legs, they got a stride and a half. So. How tall are you? I know you're tall. Five like, eleven. Oh, but then I always saw you when I was out in heels, and so uh, I remember you would always be like, "I forget, <laughs> right, you're, I forget <laughs> you're tall." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not like the tallest, but I'm not like short either. No, but you don't commonly have a girl be like staring you in the face. No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh. Lastly, before I kind of wrap up with you, um, one thing that I'm really big on is your environment that you create for yourself. I think that's one of the biggest fuelers, factors, and sometimes instigators for people. So uh, mm-hmm. I mean that in the sense of like the people that you let in, the environment of like your home, everything that you allow into your life. Uh, how are you about you know choosing what you can and cannot have in your life, what fuels you best and if you need to make some changes, how you do that best. So when it comes to like people, I don't like cut people out of my life. That's like super extreme. Like I just change my proximity to them. Like, you know, there's not compartmentalize my friend groups as well. I have my music friends. I have my spiritual friends. Mm -hmm. I have my fitness friends. I have my going out friends. I have my, you know, different little groups, you know, and some people, some of them like mesh together, but, yeah, as far as people, it's like, okay, I feel like our friendship is, you know, one-sided or I just feel like we're on different paths. It's not that, like, I don't enjoy their company or like being around them. It's just mm-hmm. like, I just don't hang out with them as much. Yeah. And, you know, and then the people that I do enjoy being around, you know, I hang out with them more. It's just more of like a rearranging where people sit. I almost look like a dartboard. It's like you got your your bullseye, your real tight inner circle, yeah. and then it just widens and widens. It's like that's how I work with people, whether that be family or friends. Yeah, that's a better view. Um, I was picturing as, like Jesus's last dinner table for you. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I just look at it like a dartboard. You know, you got your inner circle, you got the next bracket, the next bracket, the next bracket. It's like mm-hmm. it's you know based on your behavior and where I'm at in life, where you're at in life, and what's going on. You know, that determines yeah. for me where you're at. As far as like like my house or where I'm at, like I try to keep my space pretty clean. Not to say I'm perfect. <laughs> you know, shit happens. You get busy. You leave some dishes in the sink. You don't fold your laundry. Like, yeah. But as far as like someone were to walk into my house, like or or I'm living, like they're gonna be like, oh, dude, just runs a tight ship. It's pretty clean in here. Kitchen cleaning, dishes are done. Like. 95 percent of the time yeah i think just having a clean space not to say like you judge people on that but like i can kind of tell where someone's at mentally like the car's a mess their house is a mess like yeah i granted like i said i don't put too much weight into that but if your house is like disgusting like it's like dude what's going on like you good like what's going on with you I think I won't judge on the car only because, like, for some reason, dudes, their car is always immaculate. And us girls, we, like, live in our car. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Cars, too. It's like, you know, people are busy. I get it. It's not. not, I don't want to sound like I'm coming off judgy. But, like, 
I just look at it like, okay, it's a stranger were to walk into my house just out of the blue on an ounce, like what would they think? Yeah. And it's like I feel like the more my house it. represents me, the more I feel like me. Yeah. And it's just I feel like that's something that you can control. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm big on that is controlling what you can control. You can't control someone cutting you off in traffic, but you can control how you react. You can get pissed off where you can go. Hey, maybe they were in a hurry. Oh, you and I are not the same Floridian. (laughs) Right. But I'm a flyer. I I am a Florida driver to my core. Okay. There's no turn signals and there's a lot of curse words. I get that. I feel it. But yeah, I'm just big on like controlling as much as you can control, like within your environment, you know, some people you can't get rid of completely out of your life. Hmm. So you just distance yourself. Same with who you hang out with. Yeah. It's kind of my take on things with uh, my environment. I try to make it as positive and conducive to growth Yeah, as I can. Try to add things, take things away, whether that be people or habits, you know, unlearning things. Uh, well, cool. uh, I want to thank you very much for, you know, doing this with me, getting this chat in. Sure. But... Yeah. No, I uh, very much appreciate you uh, chatting with me and going over this because, like I said, I think you are just someone that everyone should take a note from. You uh, seem to have a really good head on your shoulders, but, you know, you also struggle with stuff, so it's not like everyone's perfect. So you're a great person to learn from. Yeah, just normal dude. Just trying to eat. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get better every day. Just staying hungry. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I just want to tell you I appreciate you having me on and uh you know if we can do another one in the future and yeah you know wish you uh best of luck in your next ones you're yeah. killing it keep doing your thing well thank you well i will let you enjoy the rest of your day in florida while we all freeze here in nashville and uh thank you very much again stetson and uh, remind me so stetson nelson that's like the best place for instagram to find you do you have like tiktoks that you're doing as well or you can, yeah, Instagram is my handles. What uh, Stetson L Nelson. It's the same with uh, TikTok Stetson L Nelson. So, okay. um, and I, you know, I have Facebook too, Stetson Nelson. So that's the main three that I use. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you very All right. much. Well, you, have a good night. you as well. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.